0: Today I wanted to talk a bit about the science fiction comic book that I illustrated, called Heaven's Decoded, Shadows of the Ancient Architect, written by Ronnie Lescouflair of Cypher Comics. This story is a blend of science fiction and fantasy. It follows Earth scientist Dr. Reggie Rocklin as he discovers a vast alien conflict that spans the entire galaxy. On one side you have the pirate outlaws, the Othaks. And on the other side you have the Learners, a group of cunning explorers who seek to learn the mysteries of the galaxy. Our character Reggie is thrown in the middle of this conflict and must discern who he could really trust. Working on the art for this story was really fun because I got to tap into my sci-fi comic art style, um, but also kind of blending in some of those fantasy elements. So it is kind of a blend of Star Wars, Star Trek, but also Lord of the Rings and Dungeons and Dragons and kind of being able to blend all these elements together. We've been working on the story for two years and it's really starting to come together now. We will be launching the Kickstarter for Part 1, the first 36 pages, on April 22nd. Now if you don't know what a Kickstarter is, it's essentially a fundraiser, but there are different levels of rewards depending on how much you donate. If you donate $12 you do actually get the physical copy of the book itself But if you donate to a higher tier, like $20 or $30, uh, you will get things like posters or t-shirts or trading cards uh, featuring artwork that I've done. It just depends on which reward tier that you choose. They will be available and they will be specified what you would be getting, depending on how much you donate. The idea is to raise enough money to get this book printed and in your hands to read. But if we don't raise the $1,200 that we're trying to meet, uh, the book can't get printed. And the money that you would donate would be returned back to you if we don't hit our goal. If you enjoy what I do and the artwork that I make, please consider donating to the Kickstarter. It helps me build up my portfolio more, helps me continue on this career path. Thank you so much, and stay safe out there.
1: All right, um, so let's get people to introduce themselves first. We can start with J.D. and then work down uh Katrina.
2: All righty. Uh, my name is J.D. Gonzalez. I am a uh, writer over at Covenant Comics. Uh, I have a Kickstarter going for my, my comic book, Crossbones, which is live on Kickstarter. Um, and yeah, that's me. <laughs>
3: Salutations! My name is Dustin Burnell. I'm the writer and creator of The Listener, as well as Greed. Um, I own Half Cowabunga Comics, and we publish as well. So, yeah, that's me.
4: All right. I am Todd Zerloff. I I didn't know if he had something else to say. I'm sorry. Hey, Kyle! My name is Todd Zerloff. Uh, I am the... uh, CEO, creator, CFO, everything of Singularity Studios, publishing, a thing I just made up to put on the back of my comics. Um, I, have curr- I currently have a comic called Confidence on Kickstarter right now. Uh, yeah, and uh, go ahead, Katrina.
5: All right, well, I'm Katrina Rotes. I uh, own and run Cat Scratch Press, which has two folds. It uh, publishes all my books, convenient, right? And then um, I'm also an editor, so I work on comics and novels as well.
1: Really? Awesome. Yeah, you and Chuck are the two editors that I really know. I feel yeah. like there's way more, but those are the only ones. And, and we're,
5: and we're in constant competition with each other.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> Chuck's winning, just so you guys know.
4: But, <laughs> so I mean, Chuck's
3: so I really can't.
5: <laughs>
4: yeah, he's mine too, really so... You might have to do some, you know, you got to grease the wheels a little bit or something.
5: <laughs> I got my last big job though because I showed off pictures of my cat. So oh. if anyone's really into cats, <laughs> I'm willing to share.
1: So... Let's start with GD. So what's your little elevator pitch for Crossbones?
3: Uh,
2: Elevator pitch. All right. Are we going to the top floor or or are we just going on one floor? Uh, So Crossbones is basically about this cartel member who is imbued with the weird and strange ability to control his bones. And it's really freaky. Um, And with that, he is kind of faced with the challenge of righting the wrongs of his past. And that's kind of like the main theme of the story but as well as taking down the cartel that has betrayed him and so it's got like you know crime and you know um, drama to it but it's also you know inspired by the supernatural and like superheroes because that's what I like so yeah right
1: on Dustin what is your Oh elevator?
3: man so elevator pitch for greed's real difficult because it's a spin-off so I'll give you guys a short a uh, short synopsis of greed Greed is like a um, like my let my hair down book is how we put it, you know, because listener's very serious and it's real, you know, out there and uh real hyper violent and whatnot. Uh, greed's a lot of fun. It's about a ten year old kid and his monster under the bed. Uh, that's not to say that it's also not super wild and you know monstrous and whatnot, because it is. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. You know, like what what does a ten year old kid do? when he's introduced to gods and demons and how does he survive in this world with this being that says he's his best buddy. You know, how do you trust a little green guy that came out from under your bed? So um, that that's basically what it is, uh, the The—the antics between the two of these characters dealing with uh, theology and characters from it and uh, mythology as well. You know, what, what's going on, how they're going to survive this war that's coming that they find out about. and. Uh, what's the inner story behind the little dude from under the bed you know what's he hiding from this kid so uh, and we've got uh, for those of you that have read the listener in book 3 we'll start seeing crossover characters from both series so so I'm really excited about that (laughs) hey man everybody's got to have a name for theirs Uh, mine's actually got like three of them so
1: (laughs) okay Todd what's your elevator pitch
4: all right, so my story, uh, Confidence, Volume 1, follows the uh, exploits, I guess, if you will, of Alan, who is a intergalactic uh, con man, basically. Sorry, I'm, apparently. I've, I've said this a million times, and it's like it's totally new. Uh, he's a he's a con man in space, uh, 32nd century, uh, and he is cruising around on a space cruise ship, a luxury cruise liner. Uh, and he is sort of charming and conning his way uh, through all the passengers and the crew members to uh, obtain small pieces of a puzzle that you don't really get the whole p- picture of until the end of the book. So you just see him kind of going around doing his thing. Uh, he, he narrates a lot of it, talking about why he's what he's doing and how he's doing it more than the why. Um, and then find it all out at the end. So it's and it's it's more comedy light lighthearted I should say, maybe not totally comedy, but we got a sort of lighthearted nature to it. It doesn't take itself too seriously.
1: That's awesome. Okay. Sounds really cool. Cat, you don't have a comic, you have a book.
5: I don't have a comic. I, I am the odd girl out on most of these shows. <laughs> They just let me in because I work in comics. So, like, ah, uh, close enough. <laughs> she has art in her book. We'll call it good. <laughs> um, guys, I am the author of Apo's Army, which is my current book on Kickstarter. It is twenty plus short stories for kids, all about cats, uh, based on actual real cats, most of which live in uh, feral cat colonies down in Florida. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been posting some of the pictures of the actual cats that the stories are based on. Shh. And ding, that's my time.
4: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I made I made money.
5: Oh well. No, like on yeah. the Kickstarter is doing really well. Um we are actually, I believe, four backers away from our next backer goal and only about 50 51 dollars from our next stretch or from our first stretch goal. So I'm super excited.
1: Yeah, you're almost a 50 backers. That's cool. Almost.
5: Which is why I'll be buying some labels.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm sponsored by Avery labels. That's out. right. This, you this, know what? This Yo, yeah. is yeah. You by... well,
4: well, buy. the box. generic Amazon ones? They're the same size and they're like half the price. Right? That's
3: what I do. <laughs>
5: Okay. Yeah, Kyron's, I yeah. I also have a. I have a Facebook group called uh, called the Rowdy Roats fan page or something like that 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 Kyren started up for me. So if you guys are interested in joining my little fan club, <laughs> feel free to look it up on Facebook. Hey, Jack.
3: Right on. Right <laughs> on. Uh, do we get like cool cat memes and stuff if we join that group? Because I'm. Um, about that.
5: Really, really, I'm gonna lie, it's kind of a quiet group. I we mostly post when you know we have things that are co- projects that are coming up. Gotcha. Um, and everybody's welcome to post their projects in the group, Sweet. you know. Don't, don't make it your you know personal like Kickstarter graveyard, but <laughs> <laughs> uh pay Kyron, yeah, Kyron's my other admin, so if you pay him five dollars and you can join, <laughs> I, but I tell you what, you back the Kickstarter, you get you will waive that fee, yeah,
1: That's- everybody's Kickstarter here.
5: That's Definitely. right. Anybody's Kickstarter. If you can show me you backed any of the Kickstarters, we'll go. waive the five dollar entrance fee.
1: Right on, right on.
4: So well, I, time I just I just, I just backed Dust. I, I was gonna say I, I just backed Dustin's and JD's. Thanks. Wow. I but, there you go. I, I backed Katrina's when it first started though. So that's
3: true, he did. I, yeah. I'm gonna say this in, in response to that. I've heard incredible things about confidence. So that is my that is my guilty pleasure that I'm gonna end up backing before the end of this so I, I, I like the concept I was a huge fan of like with Element and stuff so the idea of being on a luxury space cruise liner where you're trying to jack stuff from people is very interesting.
4: yeah there was a little bit of that in, honestly it was uh, it was supposed to be Ocean's Eleven in space um, was sort of my idea but it's not quite that complex of a, a character study and plot study but because um, it's only one book but yeah, I fifth element has always been uh, one of those visual things that just blew me away. So is that, is that the okay.
6: new you got, Todd? That's the new one. You
1: yeah. Got yeah. Okay. Nice. I can yeah, I can actually sure. answer that question that he just asked. I I think it's the most unusual unusual reward so far that I've gotten um, from Dustin was soap. Um,
5: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> it's really it's really it smells really good uh my girlfriend doesn't <laughs> think so I, I got it in the mail and then like the mailman was talking to me about comics or whatever and he's like this smells different i'm like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't smell like comics yeah <laughs> uh, my whole apartment just smelled like the whiskey soap and i'm like yeah. this it i actually feel clean when i, I feel like, <laughs> right. like, a, like I, was, I gotta get me some
3: right it was, it was a really interesting concept because when they came like we're doing the listener win-win's weep it was like what can we do to you always want to stand out right you want to be remembered you know especially when you're putting out a book every month you know what i'm saying people have got to remember who you are as a writer or whatever and i was like man what can we do and my buddy sent me this ad and he was like these guys make soap and i was like okay it's soap right but it was like how to break that 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 third wall again or the fourth wall. How do you how do you get past that with people? Like me, I like to sit and I like to drink, just a really nice drink when I'm sitting and reading a book. I put the kids out, you know, they're not allowed to be in the office if I'm hanging out and trying to study or write or whatever else. And it was like, man, what else brings you into this? Because not everybody drinks, you know what I'm saying. So what what can bring you into it? And I was like, man, smell is such a big thing because we write about uh, PTSD a lot you know, and where that takes you. Well, smells and music do the same type of thing for people, you know. So I was like, man, if we could come up with a smell that was just like what I imagined our book would be like, it would be like whiskey and, you know, gunpowder. And that was, you know, that was where it went. So
1: yeah.
3: it came I out really good. Like your book now, you know, you so feel clean when you wash with it. You're like, it's not like when you're like, you know, they they got that, what is that, the dude that jokes about having, like, the the musty balls thing, you see it on the internet yeah. all the time, like Sasquatch, the Sasquatch yeah. soap or whatever, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, man, that's not a joke, I seriously thought all that was a joke, you know, they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, this, you know, the the liquid soap doesn't want, isn't good for your body and whatnot, so I researched it, and I was like, holy cow, I can send people something that's actually good for them, and it's interesting, so, yeah, you know.
1: Gotta get me some. It, uh, it's vegan. You know, I don't know why they said that. Like, I'm not going to eat the soap. But, uh, <laughs> it's whiskey. You never know. That. Somebody like
3: Hey, yeah. man, you just don't want to drive down the road after you've washed with it and get pulled over. You great. Yeah,
1: you You should sell that at cons because I've heard that people are smelly there.
3: So I'm, not, over. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. So as you get pulled over and and you smell like
1: whiskey (laughs) sorry officer it's just
2: my soap that's right all right sir come out of the vehicle you're coming (laughs) with
3: me (laughs) we'll take that sobriety test real quick i'm sure i can do it i can't spell i can't do the alphabet backwards i don't think but it'll be all right can anybody (laughs)
2: like no
3: man z y x yeah yeah that's not great
5: (laughs) I had a fan last night who actually um, added a stretch goal for me to my campaign. Wow. Apparently, if I hit $10,000, I'm getting a new kitten.
1: Oh, that's cool. I was, was going to yeah. joke about if you hit a shirt, certain stretch goal, you mail a cat to everybody.
5: I just mail. I've got five, <laughs> no, no. so the, t- the top five backers are going to get a cat. Just,
4: just, That's too much. Just a piece of a cat. <laughs>
5: just,
4: no. That would be better I'll just take little snippets
5: of hair off yes. <laughs> yes. Just Yeah,
4: hair yeah. A ball. Yeah. That's what I meant Put
6: it in a yeah. little yeah. satchel And you know <laughs> Here's the ear No
5: This was a kid's book, guys <laughs> I think I got
2: PETA on speed dial
5: <laughs> Yeah, seriously <laughs> Have you seen this Kickstarter? <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, so Todd Rainer has joined us. Yeah, sorry, uh,
6: I was a little late. The other one, I was doing oh, it at two o'clock, and then he did it at 11. I'm like,
1: oh, so, yeah, <laughs> and I'm then sure he, everybody here can. Understand. Once you start talking, it just the time flies, live, right? Yeah, um, so yours isn't live yet, but you, I put the link in the comments. Thanks, um, nice, thanks. Yeah, so what's your elevator pitch for Ice Pick? Elevator pitch. What is that? <laughs> I'm just
6: playing a creator, artist, guy, writer thing. I don't, you know, uh, it's a kind of a throwback to '90s superheroes. You know, um, it's it's a lot of influence from the early '90s image stuff, Spawn, Batman, that kind of. It's a darker book. It's uh, basically about the story of a guy. His parents were killed. His uh, he was left for dead. And the story, issue one, starts out where he is trying to find out who killed his parents, who left him for dead. Uh, he's got superpowers. He got those in the accident, his attempted murder type of thing, you know, because great superpowers come from medical, you know, scientific accidents. Uh, and he's got the power of moisture. He can control moisture, he can, you know, disappear into smoke, make ice stuff out of moisture, you know, ice picks and weapons and whatnot um and it literally kind of issue one to issue four issue four is launching friday it is kind of like the bookend. it's the first major story arc so he kind of ends up getting taken into the ninth circle of hell so there's a supernatural element fiance thinks he's dead his best best friend is helping him figure out how he's got these powers and um yeah it's if you like 90s superhero i hopefully you, you dig this it's a lot of fun
3: so I, have, I have one question about. Yes, that's that's what he looks like. Awesome character, right? So we all we've all talked, you know, in the in the past, and you know, everybody's talked about the, the, the meta level abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Like the 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 end all be all abilities. Well, someone that can control moisture, I mean, our whole body. Yeah. Can control moisture, right? Yeah. So if you just wanted to be the dude that just walks around, just like ripping the moisture out of people. <laughs> I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm being dead serious. If he yeah. was that guy, if if, if, the, if the character is there, what kind of personality does he have? What keeps him, I'm curious, you know, what keeps him from being that guy? So it, it has
6: a lot to do with, and I haven't really touched on, the origin is there. And, you know, I do have a origin issue plan, but it comes down to the kind of person you are. And it's almost like that whole Thor thing, you know, you're not worthy to pick up the hammer. Okay, it's also the whole Captain America thing, which I actually I really liked what they did in the movie, the first movie, is that you know let's pick someone that's worthy, not someone that's strong and fast and all these things. Because your intentions is what matters. And you know, Ice pick his intentions of who he was before this happened means a lot. And it means Absolutely. he's not that Ravenous, crazy person like Magneto, you know, taking everyone, killing everyone. Um, he's goal oriented. It's who killed my parents, who tried to kill me, and I want to get back. It's in a way, it's a weird love story because it's I want to get back to my fiance, I want to get back to the life I had, and it's not, it's dark in some of the aspects, but it's also kind of a happy story where it's just all, it's a love story, it's a you know superhero crazy and you know i pull like dante's inferno influences um and i love the supernatural kind of stuff so you have like demons and all kinds of craziness
3: i mean it's, right it's really like trying to get you down that that path of craziness you know what i mean i just find it interesting where as a writer i find your people's influence is interesting you know yeah. and i do like i do like three shows of my own a week so i, I can't help but ask questions every now and then i'm like oh that's really cool I'm happy to answer. Yeah,
6: it's. I mean, it's taken me years because I do this book by myself. I'm writing, drawing, coloring, lettering, wow. publishing. I mean, the whole thing. So, issue four is like the closure of this major story arc, and then I have other things planned after that. Sweet. I'm actually going to get an art
1: team so that I can actually produce stuff on a regular basis. Right on. Right on.
3: That
1: was my goal. Um, last year was to get like teams for certain books, and then now my team is. Adam Fields, and my colorist that I'm using for everything, uh, Febri, or however he says his name, <laughs> he's from Indonesia, Yeah, and, uh, Jerome Gagnon, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so that's my team.
3: That Adam's a beast, man, he's, he's been on my cover since my first book, so I'm really excited to see him yeah. work with you, you know, I'm really excited to see Scales yeah you know I mean um, Yeah, I can't wait to print it. <laughs> I'm, I'm super stoked about that because I, I just mean, want the
1: Seer Chronicles to be like finished so I can, <laughs> imagine.
3: Well, I can imagine
1: I'm that. so sorry to like people like I just sent like a million emails to like everybody that backed um at Kickstarter from like last year. And I'm like I definitely know that I made a mistake of doing a Kickstarter way before. Um I didn't know the workflow that Dan had, so For definitely sure. get that. So that's why Adam Fields is like Fast, he's absolutely. He got, like, ink, ink was like twenty pages, but like he got that done like pretty quick. So right, well, yeah. you know, he just did like what
3: did he do you do? Eighty five sketch covers and like
1: yeah, like
3: yep. you know, Talk, you're, you're you're muted. Muted.
4: Oh, you're muted. God, you should be listening to what I'm saying anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's really funny. Hard. Adam, uh, Adam lives by me. Um and he actually uh I did I put out an anthology of like because I'm in Ohio uh and I put out an anthology a few years back of Ohio based creators and I got Adam on board and that's how I met him and um so yeah he's a he's a good dude uh yeah, really I see great. him at shows and such around my area
7: Are, are you from? Uh, Ohio, yeah, that,
4: yeah, I'm from Akron oh
5: hey,
6: I'm, me and my wife originally from Cleveland oh,
4: oh, okay, yeah, just south yeah.
5: I went cool. to Canton a month ago.
4: <laughs> yeah, I remember when you mentioned that. You're, yeah. you're not where'd you you're defeating?
5: Um, we went oh my gosh. Um we didn't go to the one place because everybody said it was in like the neighborhood had gone downhill. Oh
6: no. I so I, I was that. like, okay, well That's we're not Canton. gonna go
5: we're yeah. not gonna go there then. Um we found a place, what was it called? Um Bubba's? Is that the name of it? Mm. Can't say really, I'm familiar Really good food. Oh, um, good! We yeah. discovered a ice cream place that had boozy milkshakes, so that was awesome.
1: Ooh.
6: <laughs> That's
4: what My was oldest found. is
5: already talking about we need to go back just for the food that we found.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, geez, go to Cleveland. Then. <laughs> Way yeah. better things up north. There's some good food there. <laughs> yeah. We... Anyway, we. Can
5: talk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not from Ohio. Guys.
4: I, I could sidetrack everyone for a while. Yeah, I, I've lived in like the same like ten mile square radius of my entire life. So, oh,
3: man, I wouldn't even. It's not. It. I couldn't even live like that, man. I've been, <laughs> bro. I, and and this, it's it's wild, right? Because like we start seeing creators from all over the world, and it's like, hey, I've been there, hey, I've been there. You know, I've never been here. You know, and it's it's really cool like that. Like uh, my whole team, uh, there's only four out of the 20 people that work with me that live in the U.S. So it's yeah, really My whole art team lives in Chile. So. Yeah, see, there you oh. go. That's awesome. You know, yeah,
4: I know. power of uh, the internet, man. Yeah.
3: Tell me about it. I mean, that and thank you, Google Drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be a bad world without it.
4: Yes, yeah. not so much thank you, Dropbox, because I don't want to pay for you. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. But,
4: And and a comic turns out to just be big enough by the time it's all said and done to not quite fit on the free account.
3: Oh man, I I I wouldn't (laughs) even know what to do. Like I've got three books going right now, plus a novel, plus a tabletop game, and I'm just like, and and you know you're getting TIFF files left and right, you know. you know, you're like, oh, that's really cool. Could you put that in the drive so the rest of the team can grab it? Oh, that's really cool. Oh, better update my drive, you know what I mean? Because now yeah. there's you know, there's 18 people using the same drive, and they're looking at things, and they're going, hey, look, this is great. Hey, look, I just updated some text in this one. Can we move that to the printable folder? And, you know, it's like, oh, okay, sweet. I'm just going to give you guys all access, and you can move things around. And then right before I'm ready to print, I'll go look for it. Yeah.
6: You know?
1: Yeah, I have like 100 terabytes on Google Drive or something <laughs> like that. Oh <laughs> um, Jeez. Jeez. I, I, I'm using like 50 of that, and most is because of podcast episodes. I do too many podcasts. Mm. Um, well, you've, got, you've
3: got multiple books going right now, don't you? Don't you have like There's a,
1: that. Um, then there's like pressure. scripts that I wrote, and then there's old scripts that I wrote. And the, the, like I found like, because I wrote the second script for our video game already.
3: <laughs> I'm excited about that man. I'm really excited about it yeah. you're like it's gonna be in like October this year and I'm like what? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean that's incredible because like oh. I, I, uh, so uh, the guys that did Suiko Den from when we were kids have come back and are doing uh, like Frog and Hare is the name of the company that they, they came out with. if I'm not mistaken. but they're doing uh, a new game and they got like a eight million dollar Kickstarter. Something like that, nice. the game. and they're like, "Hey, we'll yeah, see be you guys in two years." You know what I mean? And it's like two years, eight million dollars. What? Yeah. yeah. So, really cool stuff coming out of video games on Kickstarter right now. I mean, that's that's an awesome way to, you know, and for artists as well, because it's not just like your video game artists I anymore, mean, and your video game companies. You're looking at character design artists from all over the world, and all different types of aspects. So it's it's a really cool thing. Kickstarter is great. I hope uh, I hope we don't lose Kickstarter because people are taking advantage of this. You know, put a bid in for two thousand dollars on Kickstarter every time. You know, like like me. But to be fair, I don't make much more than that on Kickstarter
1: right now. So I haven't made a profit off of Kickstarter yet. That's why it's funny when I the one that I'm helping right now, like promoting Heaven's Decoded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should go. Everybody should go back.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, I haven't. It's six thousand dollars per book for me. You know what I mean? I've not made a profit yet. I, I broke even on yeah. the listener like like a month ago, and that's been, that came out in November. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, you look at things like that, and, you know, like, when you started putting out books, you know, and that's how you have to weigh your successes. Not like, you know, did I make enough this month, or did I make enough next month? It, it's, how long have you been putting these out? You know, yeah. cause indie's very different than owning a comic shop, you know, because I can buy Marvel books, and when they come out, they're really hot, right? But two months down the road, very few people are buying the same book that came out when it first came out. Versus indie books trend in a higher way as they go further. You know, it's like they have more faith in the producers and the creators than they did originally. Because now they're like, oh, the book's solid. It'll stay.
4: You Well, I mean, I'm sure we've all backed those number one issue Kickstarters for an indie book. And... For sure. That was it.
6: That's a great point Um, because the the last guy I was talking with, um, he was asking about, oh, you know, he went on Kickstarter was looking for anything else that I'd done. And I kind of had a canceled campaign for issue two, ended up being on Indiegogo. But it was, you know, I ended up talking a lot about how I just didn't feel I had the support as a indie creator on Kickstarter to do a good campaign, you know, and now that I'm issue four, I, it's, kind of humbling and just shocking as an individual creator. I don't have an art team and there's, you know, a ton of people interested and it's more than I've ever seen, but you're right. It's that trending where they're seeing like, Oh, you did issue one. Oh, here's issue two. Here's issue three. Oh, now here's issue four. And it's like, that's where the snowball really starts to
3: grow. That's exciting to even hear from people that have been doing it for longer than myself. You know, like I, I, We're thankful, you know, all our Kickstarters have been successful, but that, it's not like it's been like massive margins, you know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, we hit goal and we got a couple hundred bucks after that, you know what I mean? You know, that, and that's cool, you know, and that takes us to a a realm of, you know, uh, not complacency, but at least like we have a little bit more confidence than we would have Mm -hmm. had they not met goal, you know, the percentage of people that don't make goal is so much higher if you actually go and pay attention to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's a lot of people that don't make gold. so it, it's awesome to see people. You know, and to be in a room. The first time I did a show with Greg, I was in a room of people that had not done Kickstarter, like had, had not succeeded. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was in the room, and I was like, "Whoa!" You know what I mean? <laughs> you know.
4: I, like, I wonder what the like what the percentage. I mean, I get that. You know, the percentage of people who succeed or fail at Kickstarter. Um, but a lot of those ones that fail, like, you know, you go on there and, you know, they have like 80 bucks, like 30, you know, 29 days in. And you're like, I've never heard of this thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like, I wonder what the actual like numbers are for people who are trying, you know, um, for people who are like, like me, like I'm, I'm not even halfway funded and I only have 11 days left. And I, I set a really high goal and that was very stupid of me beginning in the beginning. Um, but, you know, I wonder what the, you know, You know, I'm pushing as hard as I can every day. Uh, So I just wonder what the like. I guess I rambling thought here is I just don't ever like the the Kickstarter's I see continuously over and over again that are being uh, you know in my face on my you know uh, feed and everything. I feel like all of them end up getting funded. Like I don't see too many that don't for people who actually put the effort in, it has you know.
3: It's your your who you surround yourself with. And I'm not yeah. trying to say that other people are not worthy of being surrounded by you, but it's it's who right. you like it's just like anything else in this world, right? If you want to succeed, put yourself around successful people. You know, to and, and, and I get that we all see each other's campaigns. You know, Jim Noble and I were talking about that last day the, uh, the other night. It was like we all see each other's stuff, but at the same time most of us will go out and support one another. And that's what creates this, this uh, effect of being able to, to reach your goals. As long as they're not lofty goals, like they're not insane goals. Most of the time, it's your buddies that'll come in and go, hey, look, we love the artwork, you know, this looks great, or it's going to be fun. So we all come in and we fund your books, you know what I mean? Because we we appreciate the fact that you're doing the same thing we're doing. Like mm-hmm. me, it's, it's a full-time job for me, you know what I mean? All these guys get paid before the book comes out. I'm the one that is, is in the hole at the end of it, because but I have faith in my product, you know what I'm saying? So like with me, I did better with my books after my Kickstarters, you know, from my Shopify account or from shows we're doing, and thank God shows are starting again, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. I, I've done better after Kickstarter, hmm. you know, and but my first one, oh my God, I thought I was gonna have a coronary, $2,400 the first time I did a Kickstarter, that was my goal. Nowhere near what I needed to make to put the book out, but it was already done, so I wasn't worried about it, right? So I'm like oh, four hundred bucks. The end of the wire, I, I hit the twenty four hundred. I hit like twenty six hundred is what came out. And it was like this time I made fifteen hundred in a day and a half. And I I got stuck at like fifteen hundred.
5: Oh, Chuck. Yes. Oh, no, oh. you brought in the competition. What are you doing?
4: This is, this is a one-editor kind of podcast.
6: Right? <laughs> <I'll tell>. Come <laughs> on.
5: Oh, I'm working here.
7: There's competition?
5: Oh, God. <laughs> Not really, no. So, but we covered that earlier.
3: That, Todd, you know, there, there's a lot to be said about the fact that if you surround yourself by like-minded individuals, they'll support you versus... Yeah. Versus going out, and I'm not saying don't push in places you're not you're not you know aware of or you're not you know known in, but you know putting yourself around those people means you're going to see their their successful campaigns. You know, like if you go into like uh, the groups, the comic creator groups and stuff like that, and you you'll look around, most of those guys if they don't fund, they take their stuff off those pages. They don't even want people to know they didn't fund. That's why you don't see it a lot of places, you know, because I don't know about you, but it would hurt my feelings. Like as a creator, I'm not trying to sound like a bitch or anything, but it would hurt my feelings. It would literally be like, man, that really sucked. They put my time and my heart and, you know, and Chuck can attest to it. I I give it all I got. And if I gave it all I got and it didn't work, I would be bummed out. right? Mm You know what I mean? So I wouldn't want people to see my failures. What I would want was people to see what I accomplished, you know, what I did well. So those were the things I would show people. I wouldn't put a link up anymore. I'd take all the links down, and I'd show you the beautiful art. or the. I'd show you uh, pieces of the story, snippets, and stuff to get your attention and prepare for the next one. You know?
4: No, I I, I was more saying, like, when you go on actual Kickstarter, though, because they leave, you know, that stuff all stays up on there. Oh,
7: yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what though? It's funny. Um, a lot of people worry about the, the failure thing. Like, how will I look? How will everything look? But I, but I gotta tell you guys. Um, people care. are actually really well. Yeah, people are actually really okay with it. Like, yeah. like they they're actually very supportive. And one thing I will tell people is, if it looks like your your Kickstarter is gonna fail, let it and just keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is, is first off, people really appreciate that. That, that you pushed and tried to the very end. They they really will get beyond that. Even if it's like, dude, there's no there's no way they're gonna do it. But you keep pushing, they're, they're gonna appreciate it. But also what it means is that you still have access to that backer list. Mm -hmm. So when you go to do the next one, you just tell them, hey, guys, so here's what I've done. I'm really excited to do this Kickstarter over again because I've been a part of Kickstarters that have failed before. Um, I've I've obviously been on books that uh, haven't, haven't gone. And usually the second one you've thought about it more you've um you've had a chance to kind of um set up a new plan and understand you know sometimes let's be honest sometimes it's just your goal was unreasonable you know what i mean like you just that wasn't that wasn't a, a fair goal for yourself yes todd <laughs> no you, my goal my goal he's saying, agreeing with you yeah he's saying his
5: goal i am unreasonable. yeah
7: i mean todd i work with todd on confidence which by the way guys is a great book i had a blast reading that book and being a part of it um Four thousand is a is not easy on your first one. So um, I, I obviously hope you make it, and we're we're gonna push and see what we can. But if you have to do it again, you're just like, okay, cool. Let's look again. Let's see what we can hit and do it again. And honestly, I believe you'll hit it. No problem. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Sure. And, and that's what happened with like issue two uh, for me. Like I I, I had an eight hundred dollar goal and I couldn't do eight hundred. Mm. You know, and it just it was. I I feel it was because there just wasn't enough there. There wasn't enough social media presence, there wasn't enough support, there wasn't enough fans, you know. So I let it fail. I I don't have a problem with that. Like to me, it shows I'm human. It shows that, you know, things don't always go the way you want them to, you know. And then I kind of reassessed things, went over to IndieGoGo, and was able to to make things happen. So I don't know. And those two platforms are uniquely different. You know, you'll find success on one where you
2: find zero success on the other. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it's interesting, you know. Yeah. I think that for me, I failed my very first one for Crossbones, and I was, like, super new to the indie scene. I mean, I I made a book with, a, you know, a guy I made on Facebook, and I just threw it on Kickstarter, like, just expecting, you know. And I think that's the expectation that people have, like me, at that point in my life, where it's like, I'm just going to put it on there, and people are just going to automatically gravitate <laughs> to it, you know. And that's, like, the... Yeah. I think a lot of movies fall into that. You know, because see where I, I had think had, it's like cool. Other people are gonna think it's cool, you
5: know? I um, had like the opposite like mindset. Yeah. My mindset was okay, I'm gonna put it up there and oh. it's gonna be totally ignored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And luckily, knock on wood, that has not been the case, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I was sure I would get like five pity pledges and that was gonna be the end of it.
2: Yeah. And then with mine, I failed, you know, and I hadn't a goal of like a thousand. I think I made barely more than like a hundred, you know, with like three Mm -hmm. backers or something like that. It was pretty, it was pretty humiliating. And I'm not going to lie. Like you guys said, it's like, ah, that kind of stings, you know, but, you know, luckily I persevered, you know, and and it kind of goes back to that, you know, thing where you guys were talking about tracking upwards, you know, and, you know, with the second one I ran, you know, same goal, like a thousand dollars. And we just hit a thousand dollars. And with the third one, we hit like, uh, 16, And now with this one, uh, you know, hopefully we keep on going, you know, but, you know, with it comes experience and with, uh, you know, confidence in yourself and in your product, you know, with the first one that I failed and you know, it was a pretty big blow to my confidence. Like, ah, should I continue to do this? But, you know, luckily I did. And, you know, luckily we have kind of a kind of a following, you know, and so that's what it's all about is just doing what you want to do. You know, for me, this is what I love to do. And I'm going to yeah. do it regardless of what people think you know and so i think that's what it's ultimately about is just doing it
7: and hopefully you know people like it too i don't know the, the funny thing about failure is that it's great if you're willing to use it as a teachable moment yes, yeah, so exactly. if if you fail and you just are like oh fuck the world this is bullshit <laughs> blah, 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 and you just snap yeah. then you know what man maybe you can't handle anything you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> exactly but yeah. but yeah. like So um, to take us away from comments, I'm a big poker player. Love playing poker. And one of our sayings always is you don't learn anything from the hands you win. Hmm. Always Hmm. lose it from the hands you – or you always learn from the hands you lose. Yeah. Because if you win, luck is involved in all this other stuff. But if you won – you, you know, luck may have had a big deal to do with that, but there's a lot of other things that could have been in there too. You know, what did I do at different moments? What was I thinking? All that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, by, by looking at our losses and really being able to to determine what did I do to help hmm. with that loss? Because obviously there's other things that could have happened. Like, you know, what if you launched right before the pandemic had started? Yeah. And then, you know, like, like – there was some where that happened, and, yeah. and that's something. And so it's like, okay, cool. I have to try again. But what things did I do wrong mm. that went along with that that might have also affected that? And so yeah. you can still, even from moments like that, even you know, in the middle of a hurricane, there might have been something you did wrong. <laughs> Learn from it and yeah. and fail upwards. Yeah, and, 100%. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm, like,
6: really selfish when it comes to I'm doing my book for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that, I, I'm super appreciative, I love all the support, but at the end of the day, like, I would still make this book if only one person read it, Yeah. you know, if my wife read it and she's like, oh, that was cool. All right, hey, I succeeded, yeah. you know? I mean, <laughs> my kids like it, fine, awesome, you know? But to go to the shows when I started doing this and you would see the support at shows, like, mm-hmm. I can't wait, I got a show next month, and I just, I can't wait to get back into doing these shows. And I only do a few local to Seattle, But still, like three or four a year, I mean, that's a huge, just a huge thing to get out there and talk to the people and show them what you're doing. And that really garnishes a lot of support for Kickstarters and for properties and things like that. So, you know, I just keep being stubborn and selfish and I'd be drawing anyways. (laughs) I'd be doing stuff regardless. So why not throw it up on Kickstarter? And if it happens, it happens,
1: you know. I have so many stories that I am not <laughs> <laughs> um, And I are, I have technically one true fan for Ink because Travis just doesn't stop tagging him. am does shut up about that, does he? No. So he's like, this isn't Ink. and I was like, dude, I'm working on like five other things. Like, chill. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's actually really cool to see that. Um, but uh, I was like, oh, wow. I didn't think like a twenty-page comic book—it's not even a full comic book—was gonna like connect to somebody that like impactful. Yeah. That's like awesome. Yeah, uh, it's great no,
5: I, I have I have that one true fan. She's about nine years old. Um, she's the, the daughter of a friend, uh, my sister's friend from high school, and she's so in love with what I what I write. She like goes to school. She does uh, like virtual schooling, and she tells everybody. <laughs> about the latest story that she got to read and i'm like you know what if i don't ever like make it bigger than that i don't even care yeah because it's it's so her thing and she she, she wants to she's um she wants to write her own books now and i'm like you know what that's that's it i'm done
6: that's mine. i had a guy at at, a Kind of, a couple of years ago, when we were doing them, he said, "I want to cosplay as ice pick. I'm like, "Dude, do it!" Like that'd be crazy. I'd love to see like, it. You know? That's a high. It up, it. Bro. Like, let's I'm go, let's go. So that's yeah. kind of fun. That's
1: awesome. also what I'm waiting for is like somebody to cosplay as one of my characters. Oh, dude, I think it would be kind of hard to do just because you know, there I got you. <laughs> but, I'm cosplaying. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I I got it. I got it. there. You go. <laughs> um. For scales, you just gotta be rich. No, just be a rich kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 P- pretty I'll easy. I'll
5: work on that for you, guys. <laughs> <Okay>. right? <laughs> Trying.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, and you know, we each do it like, you know, Todd mentioned his his motivations behind things. And I think that there's there's a everyone has that, right? You all have your, your private push behind everything mm-hmm. you do. You know what I'm saying? I am um, it's a full time job for me. So I'm like when a failure to me, if you, if you ask like, Chuck is if I do something wrong and I catch it, that's my failure, that's what I have to do. I better myself by knowing the small details with anything I do, you know what I'm saying? So if if buddy's like, hey, look, you know, I really like this, but then somebody comes out and says, I don't like this. It's like, okay, well, what have I failed to reach you with? What, what have I done that didn't reach you as a person? Well, you that know, would drive me nuts. nuts. Well, and it can, you know what I'm saying. But it's it's different types of, it's different types of motivations and different pushes. You know what I'm saying. Whereas I do it because I'm like, okay, well, there's, you know, I've been selling comic books for almost twenty years. You know what I mean. So that you look at this fact where it's like, okay, I know what certain people like. I know what certain, you know, demographics gravitate toward. You know, the listener was a very personal project, and it was. Uh, it was very deep and emotional to me. Whereas my newer IPs are like, okay, they're fun. You know what I mean? It's they're they're interesting and they can gravitate toward different types of people. You know, um, greed is fun because if you were an '80s kid, you know who didn't like Little Monsters? You know what I'm saying? Like it was like it was a great movie. You know, it was a fun thing going on. Fred Savage was great even at that age point in time, and Howie Mandel was just phenomenal to me when I was a kid.
7: How have you never mentioned My Pet Monster, though, when talking about that? Because that was a great show, dude. So I, ju-
3: I just saw one. Um, actually saw two of them at the ICC show I was just at uh, last month. Dude had one over here and one over here on his booth. And I was like, I remember having them with, like, the orange manacles on them. You know, mm-hmm. the big old yeah. orange manacles. I was like, ah. Oh. You know, I had a guy reach out, a fan reach out, like, three days ago and was like, you need to, speaking of My Pet Monster, he was like, you need to make a doll for Cade. And I was like, that'd be awesome, but I I was looking at minifigs, like, yeah, I was looking at minifigs, like, three <laughs> weeks ago, and I was like, you know, $2,000 molds and $1,000 yeah. molds, and, man, I, that's half a comic book, you know yeah. what I mean? And so. You know, maybe one of these days when I'm, I'm not – and I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong when I say things like this. When I'm not breaking even, yeah. you know, then then I'll push into those types of markets and push into those other things. But it's interesting the things that people bring out, like uh, Brian Silverback. Awesome stuff. You know, he makes those, like, wrestling dolls that he's got coming out. I mean, those things are awesome, and, and I'm all about that kind of thing. Um I'd love to do something like that eventually. But, you know, like I said, I'm still a new kid on the block for a little bit. So um, yes. Once I get out there a little bit further, I'll, I'll branch into those things.
5: Yeah. Go is right now. Here we go. No. <laughs> no. I had somebody when my first book released. This is only my second book. And my first book released, it was uh, Tales from the Toy Store. And so it was uh, all about stuffed animals. And their lives in the toy store, and I had somebody go, you know, when are you coming out with a toy line? I was like, uh, first book, guys, <laughs> first book. Yeah, there
6: was, uh, and I
5: said, and these are actually based on real toys that my kids and stuff had when they were little. Oh, okay. I said, so I copyright issues. I can't just like go around stealing <laughs> like actual toy designs.
6: There, there was a guy that wanted a custom Funko Pop character for one of my reward tiers on Ice Pick. I'm like, I looked into it. I found a guy that does it, but it's like $200, $170 something. It's like there's no way someone would spend, I mean, I'd have to make it for at least 225 250 for that mm-hmm. tier. It would look cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, it'd be awesome. And I may do one just personally for myself, but I mean, he does the 3D molding, so there's a market, but it's an expensive market to dive into.
1: Yeah, there's actually a really cool tier for uh, Covenant Comics. Um, yeah. Oh, he's gonna show.
5: Yeah. Show
2: So this is what we offered for the third uh, issue Kickstarter. Uh, they're all handmade, um, and we found a guy, or I found a guy on kick, or on Instagram. His name is. Stanfield uh toys and so yeah he he makes these toys like there's like it's interesting you find all these intricate communities just doing things like the things that you love and there's a whole community of people that just make toys and gotcha. I hit this guy up and so yeah I was like can he make a toy of crossbones and he did and so for this uh kickstarter we're actually doing a two-pack of crossbones and his uh you know new antagonist for this issue Sicario and so I'm super excited. Greg's actually getting one. So, is
3: it like a garage kit? Is it like a bash kit? There,
2: it's like a uh, he. Oh, yeah, he just uh, he hand molds them and everything.
3: Oh, awesome! Okay, Dude, I have take no does Just take my money.
2: I'm I'm doing it. <laughs>
6: I want that two pack now. I see that cool.
3: I think like the the kits, like like a bash kit. What we will call a bash kit is what when you would take an action figure and you have yeah. a figure you wanted, right? Like yeah. a, a hero that you wanted to make you know, you didn't see, wasn't getting produced or anything, and these cats go, and they beat up other figures to get the parts to make the figure you would like to see. Yeah, I think um, that's what he does, and I, I like awesome. it, you know. It's yeah, cool. it, it's, it's super cool, man. It's a super yeah. cool concept, so.
1: Yeah. yeah I was gonna actually do it for our uh, horror anthology. Do it. It's great. Uh, I so love it. I don't it. know if we're doing that or not. We were gonna do a motion comic, but uh, Hector said no to that. <laughs> <He> Instead, <said, laughs> um, we're doing a a match game kind of like candy crush but oh, it's cool. like the protagonist okay. of the horror anthology so that's cool yeah
7: you know what though there's nothing like of course all the trinkets and stuff are a lot of fun but yeah. there's also nothing against really paring down like in belial 1 we had a bunch of uh, of fun stuff that we were trying to throw in there and then for 2 um one had had been like so we scraped by on that campaign we just barely funded and so we really kind of went man both of us are poor as shit what are we gonna (laughs) do to try to make this happen and so instead we put a lot of money into um I, i wanted to basically calling it money balling comics basically i wanted to find um specific like cover artists that i knew pushed books and would, would be helpful. And also really work with what we're doing. And also. Um, when they did something. I wanted it to kind of. Um, speak to other things. And really kind of be able to get other people excited about us. So instead of. You know bringing in like toys and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just because we didn't have the money for it. We did things like we had Thomas Tenney come in. And Thomas Tenney has worked. With a lot of rock and metal bands. And whatnot, and And also he's been with. With marvel comics and so there was a lot there so we had him do a meatloaf bat out of hell uh cover wow. and so he did that and that was a lot of fun and we got to we put that up on a lot of like meatloaf sites and, and showed that off to meatloaf fans on twitter and tagged him and did all that kind of stuff and then you know we had uh, we brought steph wilson in who just has his own incredibly stupid yeah. group of people who just love what he does and and i mean stupid in the best way like yeah. i love Steph. Steph and I are so tight. Uh, He's he's definitely one of my dudes. And uh, I brought him in, and he was just absolutely amazing and and pushed the book so hard. And just everybody we kind of brought in, it was just because we knew that that they would definitely help. And the difference between Bilal 1 and Bilal 2 is ridiculous. Like, we we broke every single one of the numbers. What's up, Mike? Um, We broke all the numbers. We broke everything on there. And it was just because... We really tried to look at like what works and and kind of how can we pare this down and still offer a lot of stuff and so you know it it worked out
6: it's interesting you brought that up i'm talking with a local publisher out here to hopefully kind of get from the publisher i'm with over to a new publisher like an actual legit publisher (laughs) not self-publishing and um you know we've had that conversation about what to include on kickstarter and Mm -hmm. You know he brought up an interesting point is i mean he's had a few kickstarters funded so he's kind of in that realm and he he said there's artists out there cover artists that, that's their following so if mm-hmm. you want a successful kickstarter mm-hmm. steph wilson's one of them and when, when you brought up steph wilson it made me think about this like get those artists yeah you, mm-hmm. you know i mean their style is going to fit with pretty much whatever you're doing mm-hmm. and he's like those artists have such a huge following on Kickstarter, they pack whatever that artist does. And I mean, it is kind of money ball in a way where you're, you're using what people are going to support. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting those people involved that will have that support,
3: you know, what that base. I mean, we, we brought in, all like, if you look at my campaigns and you look at the people that are on my covers and stuff, I I didn't bring in anybody that nobody didn't know yeah, in some form or fashion, you know, and it was like even even people that that we brought in that huge amounts of people didn't know. They were still friends of ours that were known in the community. You right. Know? I mean, like my first book, um, you know, Mike the was one of the people that told me I should write a book. You know what I mean? So I brought him on it, which in turn, he brought Marissa Pope on to it. You know what I mean? And that was like, OK. Well, now we've got names behind this book. right you know, when the second book came out it was like we're going to continue to bring names to the second book hmm. third book came out greed is you know it's even though it's a it's an offshoot of a book still it's its own ip you know so we brought in uh frank 40 we brought in rich Ferrata, you know what i mean we brought in a bunch of you know uh david acapo came over from the listener to work on it you know and um, even like Manny, Manny came from, um, you know, Mojo, you know, and Mojo has its own fan base going on. and Stuff like that is, it's very important to bring in people. It's not enough just to bring in folks that you like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to bring in people that can bring their own following. Just like Chuck said, there's no point in, it's money, right? Like, I, I most of my cover artists are $350 and higher per cover. So it's like... But they bring that level of professionalism with them. You know, yeah. when they talk about our books, they, you know, they mention, you know, we're gonna be like, uh, I'm at Suncoast uh, Comic Con at the end of the month. There are three other people that have worked on my books that are gonna be at that show and all of them are talking about it. Yeah. You know, one of the coolest thing about Marissa is she's a good friend of mine. She's a great friend of many of my friends. On her, when you look down at her profile, it has, hey, look, I worked on Dustin Burnell's books. And that may not mean a lot to certain people, but if people are looking at cons, now they're going, where can I talk to Dustin Bernal to get a copy of his book to get Marissa to sign yeah. you, And all those little nuances are, are what you gain from people. <laughs> um, you, you, you know, you bring these folks. Uh, Rich, Rich is great. Rich tags me in everything under the sun. That he does. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like everything under the sun that he works on. And at the same time, though, he also goes, hey, look, i worked on a cover for Dustin. You know, you should check out the cover that I did for him. You know, uh, in April, you guys are seeing a ton of April stuff right now because it's Mermaid. She's really excited. She's got her own Rising Tides out right now, which is a phenomenal book in itself on Kickstarter. Awesome art book. She just did a cool crossover with my book. Um, But stuff like that's important because these people, they, they give a shit about their team.
6: Yeah,
3: That's what you have to find. Mm-hmm. A contractor, that's great. You know I mean. A contractor's great, but people that want to work with you to better themselves and to better your product is who you want to work with. I've heard Chuck say numerous times, "I bring the best out of people." That's my job. Bring the best out of other people, and I think that's the the most epic line because you should find a whole team like that, not just your editor, but your artist. They should put in input. If something's not going to look great, you don't want a guy that's just going to let it go. You know, mm-hmm. you told him to do it. He's putting it out there. You know what I mean? You don't want that. You want a guy that's going to be like, "Hey, man, it may look a little bit better if we do it like this." And he's not trying to step on your toes, or she's not trying to step on your toes. you are just being all, you know, honest. Hey, look, I think this is a little bit better. I've been in the industry for twenty years. I, I think my, you know, my experience may help a little bit in this, you know, particular area that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's worth your money. And it, it, you know, you mentioned the word, you know, money, you know, money ball and whatever. But I'll say this: scared money doesn't make money. You know what I mean. So it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a business.
6: You know, it's a it's a straight business, and that's what I've learned: is you really have to treat it that way. You want to have successful Kickstarters, you better be willing to spend a little up front and get those people that are gonna, like you, you mentioned, Dustin, bring something to the table not just and i'm guilty because i'm a fan first like i love artwork and i would hire someone just because i like the artwork you know my buddy did a 3d cover no one knew who who the hell he was but it was an awesome 3d cover with 3d glasses and it it works like it's a really cool thing and i that's the most book i've sold but no one know they like they bought it because it was gimmick right i mean that's the whole gimmick cover thing but I'm learning that you got to bring people involved. You got to your as a business,
3: even as a gimmick. Though you paid more for the 3D effect, yeah. that's the same concept. You know well, no, I did it myself.
6: Like I
1: literally—I
6: I mean, I, I spent a little bit of time in Photoshop and made the 3D effect and did it all myself and had glasses. And I was like editing with the glasses on to make sure it awesome. worked. That,
5: that's time. You, know what I mean? you had a time investment. It is exactly so.
3: Just like your glow-in-the-dark covers, you know, anything like that. Or um, your covers where you're cutting out imagery, you mm. know. I, You know, we bought a, um, uh, what is that, a cry-cut, you know, just to be able to go, when we decide we want to do these covers with cutouts, we'll be able to do it because we bought the cry-cut, we took the cry-cut classes to learn how to do it ourselves. I'm not going to try to get my printer to do it. Love my printer, you know what I mean? But at the same time, that's a lot of work you know he's got to come up with a way to cut these out nobody wants that stuff so you start thinking about your time you're putting into it and that's also valuable you know every minute you spend on your project is valuable you know you can be that guy that doesn't touch it or you can be the guy that's like hey look you put your family aside for a week at a time a month and you, you do real boy work you know what i mean like like i said it's a full-time job for me so you know i'm like you know hey look i need all this time I, you know, I sell comic books and I write comic books, that's what I do. So I need all this time in this period to this period to work on things, mm-hmm. you know. And then I put myself ahead, you know, months and months ahead, so I have time to go back and look at things or be able to change things or work on stuff. Uh, because, like, if you, like I said, if you look at my books, I drop a book a month. So it's literally like I have an X amount of time period I have to work on each project. You know, mm-hmm. so if I get ahead, then I'm okay unless Chuck comes back and tells me something is not right, and then i got to fix it. And I will fix it. And in, the fun thing working with Chuck and the fun thing working with Phil is both those guys are really honest. You know what I mean? But they're also there to make the product better. I saw a comment uh, on a, a post earlier today about what the editor. It was actually Brian top, uh, uh post. You know, what does is, what is an editor, act, editor actually do for you? You know what I mean? And I thought it was amazing. All these different editors that I didn't even know existed, for the most part, with the exception of a handful of them, come out and go, "Um, yeah, absolutely, Mike, absolutely. So it's like, you see how these guys come out and they're like, hey, look, these are our answers, this is what we think about this. Uh, And that gives such a cool thing, because the writers, you can go in and look at these answers and you can actually tailor the editor that works for you. You know what I'm saying? And I thought it was the most epic thing, because it may not have even been on purpose, but it was one of the coolest things. So, you know, Todd earlier mentioned how he, he sees things on Facebook. Those little teeny posts can teach you so much. You know what I mean? Like I am, I am a fan of uh, professional letterers. That, that'll change your game a lot, like immensely change your game. Uh, you know, editors, professional editors. You know, my, it was my wife and Phil for my first uh, for the last book. And then it was like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe I need somebody else as well. It's been doing it a lot longer. You know what I mean? So we bring Chuck in. You know, these are upgrades that you do as you go further. It's not just your book getting more notoriety as you've been around longer. You're you're gaining. You know, yeah. it's like you're leveling up. You know, your skill levels are going up.